Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast brought to you by BibleQuestions.org and the Holly Street Church of Christ. This podcast is dedicated to answering your Bible questions from the Bible. My name is Brian, and along with Jeff, we are the hosts of this program. Hello, and welcome to the Bible Questions podcast. My name is Jeff, and along with me today is our regular co-host, Brian, who's going to uh, introduce a special guest. Brian, good morning. Hey, good morning, Jeff. Yeah, we're really uh, excited to have Alan Hitchin back with us to continue the study that we started in our last podcast on the subject of judging. So, Alan, welcome, and uh, thanks for giving us your time to talk about this subject. Oh, I think it's such a vital subject today. It is so difficult as we live our lives not to be passing judgment on many of the things that we see. And God is very clear and and asks us to be very careful about forming opinions and judgments about people and what they're doing and what that tells us about them. So I'd like to remind our our listeners, we this is a second podcast, and it it I, I want to summarize the previous one if you don't have a chance to listen to it. And essentially, what we saw there is that God is perfectly prepared to pass judgment. He's omniscient, which means he knows everything. He can remember everything that we've ever done. He can read our thoughts. He knows our intents and our motives. He can even see how this is going to impact us in the future. And added to this is God's ability to be righteous. He's always fair. He is always perfectly prepared to make the exact right assessment of what we've done. Plus, he's a God of love, so he can act in our best interests. He has no partiality, no prejudice, no grudges from the past, and and no part where he doesn't know exactly what's going on. And so we can trust him, and he will be the judge. We will stand before him, and we will hear the righteous verdict. But as an honest Christian, an honest follower of God, we, we have to admit that we don't know everything. We can't remember everything. We can't read anyone's thoughts. We don't know their intents and motives when they do things. We, we can't see into the future to see whether this is something that was uh, a, an exception or whether this is a part of their character. Uh, we aren't always righteous. We don't always have the right assessment and the right fair conclusion that should be drawn. And we, we find it very difficult to forget our past dealings and our own best interests, so we can't give uh, an impartial assessment all the time. Plus, we don't know their intent. We don't know their motives. And sometimes we have to admit we're very uncharitable in the way we assess and form opinions about others. So God is perfectly suited to judge, and basically what the scriptures teach is we are completely incapable. We just don't have the tools. We don't have the necessary uh, abilities that would make it possible. So the purpose of this is just to give us some humility and just to give us some caution. Uh, there's nothing like knowing our own limitations to keep us from going into areas where we can not only do a lot of damage, but we could even lose our own soul. So God has given us some guidance in this. And Brian, there's a passage uh, in Matthew I'd like you to read for us. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Alan. Most people, when you talk about judging, are familiar with the statement that Jesus made in the Sermon on the Mount, where, you know, there he talks about in verse 1 of Matthew chapter 7, judge not that you be not judged. And so, I don't know about you guys, but over the years I've met several people that could quote you that, and they don't even really know much else about the Bible. They just know, hey, the Bible says, judge not that you be not judged. And unfortunately, they, they sort of misapply that, right? And that's one of the things that we'll get into more, of course. Uh, but Jesus also goes on in verse 2 to say in Matthew 7, For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So, you know, when you first read that statement, or all of us read that verse 1, judge not, that you be not judged, it's pretty clear, right? Jesus is saying we should not judge at all. However, before we, you know, really dive into what that actually means, we have to consider verse 2 as well, right? So I think we would agree that the second verse helps to expand and even explain the first. So for instance, you know, at a base level, he's saying it's important for us to understand that the judgment that we use to judge will be the same judgment by which we will be judged. And so you can understand the wisdom here of God. He wants us to understand that we have to be cautious and careful when we judge. And that's just, that's very, very significant. And so, you know, Jesus here reveals that God is going to allow all of us to have great influence over the manner in which God will approach us and to remember the manner in which we judge others. So kind of interesting, isn't it, Jeff? Well, and even in that context, you know, as you said, a lot of people read the first two words and they want to stop, right? Judge not. And, and I've had that quoted to me. Well, doesn't the Bible say judge not? But as you said, verse two goes on to, you know, help clarify that. But even if you read down through, I think it's like verse four or verse five, where, you know, he talks about those who have this big blob in their eye trying to help someone else and jesus says no get get rid of this big log in your eye and then you can go help the other person who has you know by comparison a, a tiny speck in their eye so even in the immediate context you know it, it clarifies that there is a judging quote unquote of, of some type you know it's interesting to kind of compare uh parallel verses uh, in fact, Luke, uh, the Gospel of Luke, kind of records uh, something uh, very similar uh, over in chapter 6, verse 37. Uh, and do not judge, and you will not be judged. And do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. Now, Brian, as, as we've kind of said so far, you know, people like to take this to extremes, right? You know, judge not, can't ever judge, can't ever say anything, etc. So there's some potential other extremes that people could come to, and our listeners may have heard of this as well. For instance, you know, if we are harsh to other people and quote-unquote judgmental, well, does that mean God will be harsh and judgmental with us? You know, if, if we leap to a conclusion and, you know, badmouth someone or are very caustic, you know, with them, well, does that mean God will be caustic? to us you know does that mean you know if we don't use any mercy at all god's not gonna you know be merciful at all yeah you know some extreme cases 
Uh, and certainly, you know, those kinds of things are not true because we have other verses that say, you know, God's a righteous judge. God will judge righteously, uh, you know, judge of heaven and earth, etc. So even those kinds of extremes, we have to be, uh, you know, careful to understand what this kind of judging means and what it means when it says the way we kind of treat others, God will treat us or judge us in that way. Uh, Alan, you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I think that it's just so important that we be humble in our judgment, realizing that when we judge, God's noting, he's watching, and he's making a decision. Uh, James really makes it very clear that we need to be so careful with this. In James chapter 2, he says, So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Now, this is a crucial passage. We will be judged by the law of liberty. And God has asked Christians to be watching over one another. We are our brother's keeper. And if I see someone doing something that the law of liberty condemns, I'm not judging them. I am showing them. And so when people say, you're judging me, when we take a scripture to them, we just have to tell them, no, no, this has nothing to do with me. This is God's judgment. And you'll see this judgment again. I just want to point it out to you that this activity is wrong. When we see someone commit adultery, or we see someone get drunk, or we see someone who is doing something that is condemned in God's law, we have every right to point that out to people. We have every right to ask them to repent. And we'll touch on this a little bit more in our, in our later discussion. But the terrible responsibility for each one of us is to be careful not to go beyond that. We will be judged and they will be judged by the law of liberty, not by one another. And so in verse 13, he tells us if, if you judge without mercy, and mercy of course means we put the best motive on what they're doing and mercy means we want to help them and mercy means we're not going to be vindictive and we're we're going to forgive and forget and we're this is all in their best interests and that's how i want god to be to me i want as much mercy as i can possibly receive and so god says you want mercy from me then show mercy the more mercy you show the more mercy you will receive and that's a pretty powerful promise and that's not the only place where Jesus said that in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And in Luke 6:36, therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. So again, mercy means that I am going to put the best possible motive on what they've done. I'm going to try to be as forgiving as possible. I'm going to point out what the scriptures say about this activity. And if they respond in a positive way, then I'm going to show that mercy and I'm going to be forgiving because that's how I want God to be to me. I don't want God to be harsh, so I'm not going to be harsh. I don't want God to jump to conclusions, so I'm not going to jump to conclusions. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Alan. We have a, a phrase we use uh, in English called a double standard, right? And and so I think a lot of what you're talking about, we can all be guilty of where we ask or hope that God will forgive us or you know do something for us, but yet 
that double standard says that we won't show someone else the same grace, if you will. And I think it's interesting how Jesus devoted one of his parables to this idea of, of mercy and forgiveness. And over in Matthew chapter 18, there's a really great section I'll encourage our listeners to read. It begins really in verse 21, where Peter asked Jesus about, you know, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times. And of course, Jesus says in verse 22, you might be familiar with that, you know, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. So we, we can't put limitations on how frequently we forgive somebody, especially if they continue to repeat the same sin. But anyhow, not to get us too far off track here, I'll encourage our listeners, Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through the end of the chapter, which is verse 35. If you read that whole section, and I'll just kind of quickly summarize what it's about, you know, Jesus goes on in this parable to talk about how the kingdom of heaven in verse 23 is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants, and he goes on to give an example of someone who owed another person 10,000 talents that he was not able to pay. So, you know, the person whom he owed the money to, the master, commanded that his wife and children be sold to be able to pay this debt. Verse 26 shows the servant fell down, you know, have patience with me, Lord, I will pay you all. Verse 27, then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. So we see God's mercy there, right? Jesus is kind of talking about that type of mercy. Well, beginning in verse 28, it goes on to talk about, you know, that servant then went out and found a servant who owed far less money, by the way, just 100 denarii. Did the same thing, pay me what you owe. Servant fell down at his feet, says, have patience. Verse 30 says, he would not, but threw him in prison till he should pay the debt. And, you know, this grieved the servants. And, and so this master who had had mercy on this servant, when he heard what the servant had done to someone else, you know, called him in and said, verse 32, you wicked servant, you know, I forgave you all that debt. Should you not have also, verse 33, had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? Verse 34 says, And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. And then verse 35, Jesus says, For my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. And so, Alan, I think you would agree this is a good one for us to consider because it's all too easy for us to accept mercy from the Lord or from others and not extend that same mercy to others. So we have to be careful of that, don't we? Yeah, excellent point. God wants us to understand that I will be judging you based on the compassion, the love, the mercy. You know, most of us, after 70 times 7, I mean, if a brother came to us 70 times 7 times and confessed the same sin, we'd be getting ready to pass some pretty harsh judgment. We'd be getting ready to say, this guy is not sincere. This guy is not even a Christian. This guy is a hypocrite. And it's hard not to form those judgments and those opinions, but we cannot do that because we don't know why he's doing it. All we know is he repented and the Lord asks us to forgive. So here's one servant who owes an incredible amount to another, to another master, and yet the master forgives him. And that is exactly what God does. We owe God far more than anything anybody has sinned against us could owe us. And God forgave us through the death of his son on the cross, and he paid a massive price to forgive us. 
And now, for us to withhold that forgiveness, for us not to be merciful, for us not to be compassionate, is he just wants us to understand you're dealing with a very dangerous thing when you're dealing with judgment. To me, it's like the elements. When I'm dealing with electricity or gas, gasoline or natural gas, I understand these are powerful forces and they could destroy me. And so I'm very careful with how I handle and use them. And the same thing with judgment. It's a very dangerous thing that we have to approach with great caution. You know, I'm kind of reminded a little bit of a passage in the uh, Old Testament over in uh, 2 Samuel 22, where uh, David has been saved, if you will, from Saul and, and all the, the things that Saul was trying to, you know, persecute and kill him, etc. And within that context, he is praising God, you know, for, you know, the turn of events. Uh, and if our listeners want to come down to Second Samuel 22, verse 26, I think kind of David shines a little bit of light on our subject in terms of, you know, the way we act and the way God acts to some degree. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful, referring to the Lord. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. With the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. You will save the humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty that you may bring them down. So in some ways, this is, you know, kind of, I'm reminded a little bit of the phrase we use here in the United States, what goes around comes around, that, you know, if you are merciful, blameless, pure, you know, God will, you know, render righteous judgment. And if you are, um, I think the word here was devious, that God will be able to kind of see through that. Uh, I was just kind of uh, in parallel, kind of looking at uh, some other Bible translations. And it's kind of an interesting where it talks about God being shrewd. Uh, I found other words to talk about. Uh, let's see. Show yourself hostile, shrewd, tortuous uh astute that's an interesting one uh i guess and i guess there's some some uh, variation in in the words there but i guess the key point is you know god will always be righteous you know just because we sin doesn't mean he will sin of course um but yeah that you can kind of expect you know a degree of you know mercy etc from god that you extend to others or fail to extend to others i guess i should add as well yeah jeff that that is uh such a powerful thought that I, I really want to summarize to our listeners. If you don't show mercy, you will receive no mercy. If you do not act in a kind and loving and merciful and righteous and just manner, then God will return that on your head. And so the more mercy I show, the more forgiveness I show, the more compassion I show, the more God will show to me. That's amazing. It's amazing that I have the power to affect how God will judge me. You know, many of us have gone before judges before. We've gotten a traffic ticket or we have put ourselves in a position where the judge needs to see us. And we are all very concerned and hope that we will meet with a merciful and a compassionate judge. And here, God says, if you want to meet a compassionate judge, just show compassion. If you want to meet a God of mercy and love, then show mercy and love yourself. 
And so when Jesus said, and we, we, I want to go back to this verse now because it's so important, judge not that you will not, and you will not be judged. That's the context. The context is the less you judge, the less God will judge. And what exactly does he mean by that? Well, what he means is, is that I do not want you judging. You can use my word. My word will pass all of the judgments. And you can use my word with the instructions of what you are supposed to do under these circumstances when this occurs. If we don't have that, then we don't judge. We leave it to God. We do not form opinions. We continue to treat people with kindness and compassion, and we leave them to God. Paul put it like this in the Corinthian letter. After he tells us that we should judge our brother with the judgment that he set forth there in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, but those who are outside, he says, we don't judge those people. God will judge them. So our first consideration when we are confronted with something like this is to tell ourselves, don't pass any judgment. Don't pass any judgment. Leave this alone. Then we go to the scriptures, and scripture says, if you see this, then this is how I want you to respond. Now I can move forward, and I can do it exactly the way God wants, and that's the way I want God to judge me as well. Yeah, you know, there's a parallel passage that we've touched on a few times so far, and that's over in Luke chapter 6, where, you know, it's a parallel passage to where we're talking about here. And uh, Jesus says, beginning in verse 36, Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgiven, you will be forgiven. And so Jesus here, I think we would all agree, wants us to understand that we have power, right, in our own judgment. We, we, God has allowed us to make judgments, but if we get it wrong or if we are more harsh, or if we are condemning in our spirit, then God's, as we read, right, is going to judge more harshly and, and so forth. And so, you know, in many cases, I think if you kind of look at it, it, it probably would be wise, Alan, right, to not judge at all, uh, unless it's necessary, or at least be very careful about judging, right? And so, you know, it's interesting is, if in the very uh, in the introduction, Alan, you were talking about how God always judges in perfect fairness. You know, He acts in our best interest. He doesn't show partiality, no prejudice, no grudges. So, in other words, He's a just judge. And not only that, but unlike us, God knows everybody's thoughts, their motives, their intents. And while we may be able to reasonably draw some conclusions based on people's statements and behavior we could be wrong, right? Because we are not God. We can't get inside people's head, so to speak. And so anyhow, Jeff, it's just one of these things where we have to be very careful. I guess is what we're saying, right? And, you know, if you don't need to judge, don't judge. Sometimes it's better just to leave it up to God. Yeah. And Jeff, before you start, let me just add this one thought. And that is, all too often, we read the newspaper, we read a story about somebody and we say, what an idiot, or what a fool, or that man is a... And, and, and we always tend to form judgments. And we don't need to do that. As a matter of fact, we shouldn't do that. When we read things about our leader that we don't agree with, sometimes we think bad thoughts and, and 
God has told us, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. There are so many areas where we form opinions and pass judgments where we don't need to. And there's no reason to. We'll never meet that person. We don't know anything about them. We don't know why they did it. We don't know anything about it whatsoever. And yet here we are, quick to judge and say, that person is this or that person is that. And so God has said, be merciful. Don't judge and you won't be judged. Don't condemn and you won't be condemned. So we just need to change our focus and be more forgiving and more loving and more understanding of people and not quick to pass harsh opinions or judgments based on one thing that we see about them. Well, and yeah, I've been kind of contemplating some of the things we've been saying. And it is, as Brian said a little bit earlier, it is a challenge because as you said, there's like two... You know, there's like the balance point, and then not that far away from the balance point, you get in trouble. I mean, as as you said, there is our tendency to be kind of snarky, snarly, whatever word you want to use, and, and really make these kind of snap judgments and or go around condemning people. Oh, look at them. Oh, look at them. Oh, 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 oh. right? Which is, you know, away from or, or um, not in the center that we've been trying to describe. And yet others will say, well, you know, that then, then I'm, I'm just not going to say anything at all, even though they're in sin, for example, uh, and, you know, obvious sin, whatever. And, you know, that's that's not according to the scriptures either. And so there's this careful, I don't know, it's, it's almost like this careful balancing act to avoid the temptation to be too harsh and avoid the temptation to be uh you know just let people go on and sin and, and be lost it's, yeah it's an interesting uh um challenge i guess for for people so continuing on uh james chapter four is another uh, passage that kind of speaks to our subject this morning uh beginning roughly verse 11 speak not one against another brethren he that speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks against the law and judges the law but if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. One only is lawgiver and judge, even he who is able to save and to destroy. But who art thou that judges thy neighbor? And, and, and you know, in, in some cases, uh, you know, kind of looking at this passage and some of the other passages, you know, there might be uh, some value of discerning or drawing a distinction between Yes, we need to dis- be able to discern certain things, but it's not our role to be the ultimate judge and go around condemning people. <laughs> this is kind of a, a, again, a balance between the two. And, you know, even within this passage, we have to understand that the, the law in this context, well, given by, you know, the Holy Spirit, and... Bottom line is if we go ahead and, you know, judge or condemn others after all these warnings that we've received, you know, we are kind of, you know, judging or condemning or rejecting the law. And that certainly puts us into extremely dangerous uh, position that I don't think anybody really wants to be in. And again, as this verse points out, there really is only one ultimate lawgiver and hence only one ultimate judge so to speak you know in a uh, sort of like a, a you know civil you know uh, court of law sense and we need to submit to him yeah you made some excellent points there jeff and 
again, I, I just want our listeners to, to kind of hone in on what we're dealing with here. We have a serious problem in America. We call it road rage, where somebody does something in front of you and you immediately judge them and judge their motives and determine that what they have done is somehow an affront to you when it was probably just a mistake. Maybe they didn't even see you. Maybe they were having a problem with one of their children in the car. And here we are passing this horrendous judgment. And the truth is that we have no idea why people do what they do. And so the Lord here has just told us, you are not capable of judging. I don't want you to judge. I will direct you. I will show you how to judge. And so when Jesus says, judge not, he's saying, don't judge based on your own criteria. But when James says, if you, if you judge the law, then you're no longer a doer of the law, his point is that the law can tell us how to proceed. For example, Jesus says, if your brother sins against you, go show him his fault alone. And if he hears you, you've gained your brother. So I see a brother do something that's wrong. I know it's wrong. I know it's a sin. And the scriptures say if you see them committing a sin, then you go talk to them. Because we won't know anything until we talk to them and find out what their response is. If they respond with forgiveness, then the Lord says, forgive him, and you've gained your brother, and let it go. But if, you, if he won't repent, now we have a different situation. We see we have a brother who is in sin, and he has done something evil, and he refuses to repent. And Jesus says, at that point, I want you to take two or three witnesses. And then, if he won't hear that, then I want you to tell it to the church. So, who's passing the judgment there? Well, the scriptures are. If I don't do what he said, then I'm judging the law and saying it's not important. I won't do it. I don't think that passing church discipline works, so I'm not going to do it. Well, I'm judging the law. But if I say to the person who is sinning, here's the scripture you violated. Maybe he said a bad word. Let no corrupt speech proceed out of your mouth. Maybe he, her, or maybe a woman was wearing immodest clothing. And so women need to dress in, in moderation and decorum with modesty. And so we see something. God says, I want you to pass a judgment on that. Now, other things, if God has not said anything, we're not going to judge. But if God has told us the way to proceed, then we proceed. So the law directs us regarding judging. And if we allow the law to direct our judgment, then God can use the law to direct our judgment. And if we use the law mercifully, then God can use the law mercifully. But if we use the law harshly, we use it to condemn, we use it to hammer people, we use it to demean people, we use it to make them feel bad. What Christians don't understand is that we have a tremendous power either to build up and to have love, or we have a tremendous power to destroy and to tear down. And if we pass harsh judgment on somebody who then falls away because of our harshness, and God says on the judgment day, if you had only acted with love and mercy, this person may have been saved. Now, what are you going to do to fix that? And of course, we're going to be trembling. What's the Lord going to do now? And so we need to be very cautious in our judgments, in our judgments of people we don't know, in our judgments of our, of, of our brethren, 
And if we see something that we see is wrong, then we do what the Lord said. If there is nothing like that, we're just passing judgment on things that the scriptures don't deal with, we better cut it out because the Lord doesn't want us to do that. Yeah, Alan, you know, you raise such an important point here, especially regarding assuming we understand why someone did what they did. And it's a trap that we can all fall into, right? As parents, if you have several children, if you have one child that does X, and then, you know, the second child does something that looks similar, it's so easy to draw the conclusion, well, they did it for the same reason. Or to your point about like road rage, you know, uh, assuming that somebody just doesn't care about us and they just want to cut us off or whatever. Uh, how how can we make a judgment like that, right? Not really knowing the reason why. Now, it, it's not to say that, you know, we, we don't get bothered when people do things that we might consider to be rude or whatever, but it is so easy to fall into the trap of assuming we understand why they did something. So I appreciate you bringing that point up. And, you know, it's just so easy to go too far, right? I mean, no doubt we can make some reasonable judgments based on what they've done, but as we're emphasizing here, it's so critical to not to judge why they did it. You know, there's an interesting passage over in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, here Paul says, beginning in verse 3, Therefore judge nothing before the time, until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. So, you know, I think this really even further emphasizes the point that we really shouldn't even feel compelled to make judgments about every little thing. I think in some respects, it can be like being a busybody, right? You're always in somebody else's business. It's like, you know, keep it simple, leave it up to the Lord, and just be careful not to go too far. Yeah, nitpicking, I I like that term. Or like you're looking for fault in others, or you're always assuming the worst, or you're uh, always assuming, you know, impugning their motives. And certainly we see that a lot in the political spectrum, where regardless of what the the opponent says or does, it's always spun in the most negative way. Well, he said that because, or, you know, he wrote that because, and there you go. In some ways, I'm uh, also, Brian, related to, uh, as you mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I think there's another verse, it's a relatively short one, uh, that I think in some ways kind of summarizes a lot of what we've been talking today, and again, kind of describes that balance point between being too harsh, critical, snap judgment, condemning, and letting sin slide, so to speak, found over in John chapter 7, very succinct verse in 24, verse 24, judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. And of course, Alan, as you've been kind of pointing out, the, you know, the dangers of judging according to appearance, you know, stereotyped and or, uh, you know, drawing snap judgments. This verse is also saying, yes, but we also have to judge. But in doing so, we can only judge or should only judge righteously. And as you've pointed out before, you know, basically what the law, according to, you know, New Testament, et cetera, that uh, God has, you know, directed us, you know, how to judge, where to judge, on, on certain things to judge, and that we should, you know, stick to that and not sort of, you know, inject our own uh, opinions or perspectives or stereotypes or, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. Anything you want to, you know, expand on that, Alan? 
Yeah, I, I think that our listeners hopefully are beginning to see that judgment is like an iceberg. I think we talked about an iceberg last week that you see a small portion, but there's so much under the surface that you can't know. I see someone say something that maybe they didn't mean. How many times have we said something to someone and then gone away just cringing, thinking to ourselves, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. It leaves such a bad impression. And then we hope that the person who hurt us is going to be charitable and say, well, I know that person and I know they didn't mean it that way. And, and that's what we hope for. And, and that's what God is wanting us to do here because we are not given that sixth sense. If we had the ability to read people's thoughts, if we had the ability to see what people are doing when we're not around, then we might have a little bit of an ability to make some assessments, but we don't have those abilities. And so God says, don't do it. Do not get involved in passing judgment on other people because it can only create an environment where you're not helpful to the person, but much more importantly, you are not going to be helpful to your own judgment. And that again is a scary thought. So judge not lest you be judged is a simple motto, a simple proverb, we can all memorize it and we can all quote it. When we're in the car and somebody does something, judge not lest you be judged. When we are in a grocery store and somebody moves in front of us and we think it's rude and we're ready to pass judgment and maybe even say something and we tell ourselves, judge not that you be not judged. You don't know why they did that. Maybe it was an honest mistake. Just let it go. And human wisdom, human judgment without scripture is just, it's something that is just so dangerous. You know, we have an interesting situation in our own country. Doctors are uh, constantly being assessed by their diagnosis. I form an opinion. The doctor forms an opinion based on his good judgment over the years, but he can be wrong sometimes. And if he's wrong, it may cost him millions of dollars. So what doctors have done is they have said, we're only going to pass judgment based on tests, based on x-rays, based on MRIs, based on uh, criteria that can be easily assessed. And my judgment is sound because, and then if a problem comes up later, they can protect themselves. Well, that's what Christians need to do. If I pass a judgment based on Scripture. Even if I'm wrong, the Lord will be understanding because I did my best to do what he asked me to do. And But if I do something without Scripture, now I'm on my own. And now the Lord is going to say, why did you do that? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. And yet look what you did and consider the damage that was done because you did that when I specifically asked you not to do it. I specifically told you, don't judge, lest you be judged. I specifically told you, do not judge by appearance, but judge righteous judgment. How am I going to do that if I don't have scripture to tell me what's the righteous way to approach this? So when we're dealing with judgment, we need to be cautious, we need to be humble, and we need to recognize 
that God doesn't need our help. He doesn't want our help because we can't help. We don't have the capabilities. God never asks us to do something that he knows we can't do. And here in this case, he says, I don't want you judging. I know you can't do it. I know you can do more harm than good. I know that you are going to be put into situations, so I'm going to give you the steps. If you find yourself in this situation, here's what I want you to do. If I haven't given you those instructions, then leave it alone. Leave it to me. God can always fix. You know, in the old law, it said, against, excuse me, if one witness rises against a man, do not do anything. At the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. Well, the one witness knows the man is guilty. But God says, I would rather protect those people who might have a false witness, because I can deal with that later. And But if, I, if, if someone is put to death on one witness and it was a lie, then God can't do anything about that. So we just have to be so careful when it comes to passing judgment people. Yeah, one of the passages that at least came to my mind while you were talking, uh, and I don't think we've mentioned it so far in either part one or part two, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where it's talking about uh, agape style love. I was reminded of like verse four, love suffers long and is kind. uh, Verse five, does not behave rudely, uh, thinks no evil, Verse 7, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, tries. And then, of course, by implication, you know, try to view things in a, you know, positive perspective, give the other person the benefit of the doubt, etc. Certainly not judge or, or condemn them based on assumed motives. Just all kinds of uh, things we need to keep in mind to show true agape love. Yeah, Jeff, that... that passage is just one of a multitude of passages that we could bring up, which it's like the rainbow, uh, the colors in a rainbow. The more information you have, the more colors you see, and the better you're able to proceed. So with agape love, another set of scriptures that would be so important is righteousness, fairness, and equity, making sure that any judgment we make is perfect, not too harsh, and we have to be careful with that. So there's there's righteousness, and there's mercy and compassion. Then there's love, and and so many wonderful emotions that uh, that describe forgiving and forbearing one another, putting up with, tolerating, put the best motive on. So excellent verse, Jeff. I, I really appreciate that. That adds a little bit more uh, color and and texture to what we're dealing here when it comes to judging. Yeah, appreciate those thoughts, guys. You know, it, I think hopefully our our listeners understand that we're just saying be careful. It is so easy to render an improper judgment. You know, at a, at a simple level, we all experience this dynamic, if you will, when we, for instance, come to the wrong conclusion based on something someone said to us that we just didn't understand. And so maybe we ask them or we say, well, are you saying this? And they say, oh, no, no, I didn't mean it that way. I'm really saying this. So we all go through this at a really simple level every day, but we can take it to the extreme. And Jeff, you made a good point earlier about the political arena. I I think that's a great example of how easy it is 
to pass judgments on people, whether they be of a certain party, or maybe it's a president or country leader with whom we do not agree with. So therefore, we anything they say, we filter it with skepticism, or we assign motives as to why they said what they said, or why they did what they did. And, you know, even in my own life, I have to remind myself to be careful if I disagree with somebody politically, to not speak evil of them or to make this improper judgment. So one final passage for me, guys, I just wanted to throw out there that kind of talks about 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 10, talks about those who walk according to the flesh are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. And he goes on in verse 12 to say that they speak evil of the things they do not understand. And to me, that's really at the core of a lot of what we're talking about, is that often we make these judgments without fully understanding what's going on. And so we just have to consider what we're being taught by the Lord here and be very, very careful in our judgment. Yeah, and it's interesting how as we bring out more and more verses, we we extend this out. I, I was reminded, Brian, while you were talking of that passage in Matthew chapter 5, same sermon as he says, don't judge, where he says, if you call your brother moron, or if you say raka, you idiot, you jerk, you fool, you stupid dummy, uh, if you say words like that, you are guilty. And so it's, it's too easy to do. Somebody cuts us off and we say something like jerk or dummy. I mean, we're passing a judgment that we have no idea. That man might be 10 times more intelligent than we are, and that man may be more compassionate, but he was looking down and he missed you, and now you think he's cut you off and you call him names when they are completely inappropriate, and God is going to bring that to our remembrance. Every idle word that a man shall speak. So we just have to be careful. It's too easy to pass railing judgments and accusations. The word railing means the worst possible motive, the worst possible outcome. And so God just tells us, please be careful. I want you to be merciful and compassionate. I don't want you passing judgments on people based on appearances. And just try to be cautious. And I, I think if we can leave everybody with that, that, that uh, we've We've given them the best we can to explain a, a very thorny passage of judge not, that lest you be judged. Yeah, I like that summary, Alan. Uh, Brian, did you want to throw any other thoughts out there before we uh, wrap it up and uh, point people to our website? Uh, just thanks, Alan, for coming on and talking about this. As you mentioned, it's a pretty multifaceted subject. It can be difficult to get it right, so appreciate your insights. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I would second that as well. Appreciate it, Alan. We've got... Uh, you know, shine a light on on kind of a gnarly subject and, and the dangers that are just slightly away from the balance point, so to speak. So, uh, as we always like to do, as we wrap up a podcast, we would definitely encourage our listeners to visit our website at biblequestions.org, where on that website you'll find lots of topics addressed, including this one. Uh, if you look under the topics menu item, uh, J for judgment, which the articles under there tend to point you to uh, how God judges, as well as J for judging, <laughs> which articles that are more focused on what we do. And then we have a fairly detailed uh, exposition, if you will, on Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 1 through 6, that, that Alan uh, did a series on that we uh, webified and, and put on the website. You'll find that under the lessons menu item, uh, book surveys, 
Sermon on the Mount. And those are like uh, cascading menu items, lesson, book surveys, Sermon on the Mount. And then once you're on that page, if you scan down, you'll see a section that's labeled Matthew chapter 7, 1 through 6, judging others for a lot more material on this subject, which as always, we would encourage our listeners to go investigate, read the scriptures, and apply them to their lives. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Bible Questions podcast. We invite you to visit our website, biblequestions.org, where you can submit a Bible question to be answered. And you can also search archives where we have answered several hundred Bible questions over the years. Our website also has a host of free Bible study material, free correspondence courses, as well as sermons and a host of other material. Please stop by and check it out.